and you're good to go. How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio again for an episode of Hot Takes with CP3. Today is February 7th. It's a Friday, not a Tuesday, and we got a nice little podcast for y'all. It was trade deadline yesterday. We had Rockets versus the Lakers. We had the Bucks versus the 76ers. Probably one of the best days in the entire regular season, and I'm joined by none other than Brett Baker to talk about this all the things that happened. Brett, say what's up to the people. Hello, hello. It's been a long time since I came on the uh, Hot Takes podcast, but I am back and I'm ready to talk some NBA trade talk. We had a, honestly, I thought it was going to be a pretty dead trade deadline. And then I went into a meeting for 30 minutes, came out and half the league had been shaken up. So a lot of last minute trades and I'm looking forward to talking about who was the who are the winners who are the losers and who just kind of stayed the same so kick it off yeah you know it was a, yeah it was it was a great trade deadline a lot of stuff actually happened before you know there were some trades like portland traded for Ariza a couple like a week or two before Little the things deadline like that. yeah know, and so. then there was the big capella trade of course yeah which... yeah which you know we got to lead in with so there was a four team deal the hawks got received Clint capella it was between the Hawks, the Nets, the uh, Timberwolves, and the Rockets. The Rockets got Robert Covington moving Capella. Timberwolves got a bunch of small assets that we'll talk about what they used them for here in a little bit. And the Nets didn't do too much as well. The Hawks pretty much, first off, how the hell do we get Clint Capella basically for free? I mean, trading a Brooklyn first-round pick, I mean, that's pretty much is a lottery-protected pick, and you know the Nets are probably going to make the playoffs, and if they don't, it's not like it's going to be that far down the lottery. I thought this is an absolute steal by the Hawks. Hawks are top three in the worst defense. Having Capella in there, a guy who ranks on the defensive metrics, I was actually looking at it today. He's top four in the league in just, like, defensive, you know, like the next those next-gen analytical stats on defense. So, mm-hmm. He brings a lot to the table, really. You know, a lot of these last couple games, we've had Damian Jones, who, in my opinion, doesn't even belong in the NBA, and then we've had John Collins playing center, and neither of those guys can block shots. So I think this is an absolute huge change. He's a great contract, only on the books for $15 million for the next couple of years. Saw Trey already sent him a text and everything, but I'm excited for the future. You know, we're going to have a lottery pick. We got Capella now. We have Trey and Collins. We got Hunter, Reddish. Herder, we have all these young players we can build around, and they're gonna have a lot, and we have a slump a max player. So, I mean, I'd say the Hawks are one of the biggest winners of this entire trade deadline. Our team, our team now, for sure. And Travis Sling knows what he's doing. That's quite clear. Uh, he, aside from this particular trade, which I'm gonna get to in a second, he traded or he picked up two expiring contracts. Uh, random players, one being Walton from the Clippers and the other being Scott Lavisier from the Kings. And he traded a second-round pick that's top 55 protected for both of those expiring contracts. They will probably, even if they lose that second-round pick, it does not matter. And they're taking some contracts that's going to clear up their team cap space-wise in a couple years, and they can really do whatever. So... As for this particular trade, they really did steal the absolute shit out of Clint Capella from the Rockets. I mean, this is just the dumbest thing. When you look across the board and you see what other teams got and what they gave, it doesn't make sense that that the key piece 
went to the Hawks. It just doesn't make sense. And I'm not sure, like, what went on in this four-team trade, but I have to imagine that Travis Schlink was absolutely giddy after he got off the phone knowing that he was going to get Clint Capella and not really have to give up all that much. So, not really sure how it happened, but I'm glad it did happen. And we also got Nene, which I saw. Did you see Nene's last bucket in the NBA? Yeah, I did. That was funny. That was funny. Threw a straight haymaker and scored a bucket. So, yeah, it's me. It's... It's a respectable way to get your last bucket. You know, honestly, I bet Schlink was probably nervous that this trade was about to go through. He probably couldn't even believe it was real that we got this trade. I honestly couldn't either. When I woke up in the morning, I had the notification just because it came. It happened at about 1 o'clock a.m. Eastern time, and I was sleeping. So I woke up in the morning, saw the notification, and I was like – I saw it, and I was like, I was like, this can't be right. Like, this can't be the full trade. I get to work, start drinking my coffee, and look at it again. I'm like, wow, we – got Clint Capella for a lottery protected first round pick I mean I don't think there's any player outside of the lottery that you're going to get that's going to be as good as Capella is immediate with his immediate impact so it was an absolute steal but the other team in the deal that this is going to have big impacts for is Rockets going with the all smooth up here and playing five out so I'm not going to lie I was a little skeptical about it I was a little mad at myself that I didn't so the Rockets' best lineup they had was when they almost sent the Warriors home before Chris Paul got hurt, when it was James Harden, Chris Paul, Trevor Ariza, um, P.J. Tucker, and Eric Gordon. Now they have Gordon still. They have a better version of Harden. They have Westbrook, who's an upgrade from Chris Paul. They have P.J. Tucker, who's still a dog. And they have Covington, who is an upgrade from Ariza. And Covington, let me tell you, so here next-gen stats for y'all in Covington. Um, so, Rodney has never had a negative net r- rating swing for his career. His teams are minus 0.5 per 100 possessions with him on the floor and minus 8.3 with him off the floor. No one in NBA history matches or exceeds Robert Covington's career averages for threes, 2.8, steals, 2, blocks, 1, per 70 sessions drop the qual- the qualifiers to 1.5 1.5 and 1 and Danny Green named added so basically the Rockets pretty much picked up the best 3 and D wing possibly in NBA history according to uh next generation stats so well you know I, I wouldn't go that huge. far it but I solid. do think it's a huge pickup because he is that 3 and D that they've been missing for a long time he's a better version of Trevor Ariza for that comparison team comparison that you made just a moment ago and the big thing about this though and what worries me about the Rockets trading away Clint Capella is that this is a guy that accounted for 30 percent of the rebounds that the Rockets take in granted I mean him not being on the floor is going to open up the floor for other people to get rebounds which I don't see the rebound number being that significant it will be a drop off, but I don't see it being very significant. The thing that worries me, though, the most is the lack of rim protection. Uh, general, generally speaking, I think that that's something that they'll struggle with. But this is a team that can put up 140 points at will, so they're going to live and die by the three point line. I mean, that's as clear and evident as it's ever been. They've been like that for quite some time now, and 
I'm that's definitely not changing. So it really just depends on for the Rockets, their success depends on that three point line. And you know, if you live and die by the three point line, sometimes you, it pays off, sometimes it can really hurt you. So, and you watch that team that you mentioned earlier get severely hurt by living and dying from the three point line as they missed what 25 straight. Yeah, but Chris Paul was out. If Chris Paul didn't get hurt, they sent yeah. the Warriors up back in, in my opinion. You're not wrong. So, you know, I think this time they keep the whole team healthy. They should be fine. Um, also, I did see it, see this stat. I didn't know this before the trade happened. Rockets were 11-1 without Capella this season, weirdly enough. And, I mean, last night it looked great, honestly. They're able to switch everything. Yeah, you can try to throw it in the – but they get the ball out of the basket so fast and they're ready to run down to the other end. It looks like Westbrook was walking down – carpet the lane was so open for him last night to go dunk westbrook also is probably the best rebounding guard in the guard, entire yeah. league so you know i think that it's a for the rockets and i kind of like the idea i think that too they're going to get a player or two on the buyout market here i could see andre drummond honestly getting bought out by the Cavs, who we'll get to later but you know i i like the move by the rockets i think something change up i mean if they really like i was saying even before that on, on podcast before this that the rockets needed to change something and it had fallen off the looked awful the last couple weeks and i mean that was a i feel like that was a changing win last night against the lakers you know and that's a top dog in the west and you went in their house with your new small ball lineup and ran them off the court i think that says a lot about this team and about what they're cooking up i agree with you for sure and speaking of which since we've brought it up do you want to go ahead and talk about the drumming trade because i don't think that buyout's going to happen that you just mentioned personally Um, I, I can see the buyout happening. I don't necessarily disagree with you that it might not happen, but pretty much what happened is I, this trade made zero sense to me. The Hawks wanted to trade for him and they wanted, what, what was it? They wanted Cam Reddish in a, in a, in a top 10 protected first round pick. Now the Cavs call and they say, Hey, we'll give you a bucket of balls, a, a 30 rack of Gatorade and a couple bags of chips. And they said, deal, here you go and send him over there. This one was I, – I mean, this this trade had to my head completely. I can't believe that other contenders didn't try to hop in here. I mean, shit, I'd take Andre Drummond for 15 minutes off the bench, you know? Yeah, and I think, you know, for the Cavs, I think that this is a easy, low-risk, high-reward type player, and you give up a second-rounder, two expiring contracts, and John Henson and Brandon Knight, who, who could I could care less – about if I'm the Cavaliers, and this is a guy that's the best true center in the league, in my opinion. I mean, he's averaging the highest amount of rebounds. The only one that comes close to him is Clint Capella, and honestly, I don't know who got the bigger steal on a true center. I mean, the true center has kind of been devalued this trade deadline, and I mean, it's sad to say that, but it has been completely devalued. I think that for the Cavaliers, their mindset is that you're not going to get rid of you. It, you're not getting rid of K Love's deal. You're not getting rid of it. The contract is, you know, almost undealable. So I think at this point, I don't think anybody is going to take K Love. So I think that they're just going to decide to make the most out of their time with K Love, and they're going to see how he meshes and the team meshes with Andre Drummond. And if it goes well, he opts in for an extra year. They can see where they stand and. If he walks, he walks, and they clear up a ton of cap space. If not, then, you know, 
what what is it going to hurt you? You're going to lose a 2023 second round pick. What? It does not hurt you. And I think that one of the big things for me was that the Pistons were, or one of the big things with the Cavs rather, were that the Pistons were wanting to move him because they were under the assumption that he was going to opt in for that $28 million or $29 million, whatever it, whichever variation of that number it was. So they moved him. And I think that the Cavaliers just kind of happened to fall in the perfect situation of grabbing him. Although, as much as I love the Cavaliers, I would have liked to have seen him go to a contender, especially at that price. But, hey, it is what it is. I think he's going to stick around in Cleveland for the next year and a half, though. Um, I actually don't know if he's going to stick around in Cleveland long term. I could see him opting out. And you know what I could actually see happening? Is the Golden State Warriors doing a lot what they did with the Andre Drum or with uh, Jamarcus Cousins saying, "Look, Andre, nobody wants you. We want you. Come to Golden State. Come play with us." They plug him in. They have that top draft pick. They now uh, made a little move as well that we're going to talk about. That actually, this is the perfect segue to it. You're getting Andrew Wiggins, and he he's going to. Well, I will say so. he's going to get significantly more money in free agency than back to back injured boogie. I think that, you know, the five yeah. million was an absolute steal. He is not going to be taking five million. This is a guy that's led the rebound or led the league in rebounds for the past three years, which it's honestly a little bit mm-hmm. it's a little bit appalling that nobody wants this man. I mean, yes, he struggles offensively in terms of, you know, he has no face to the basket offensive game. Like it there is it doesn't exist. But in the right on the right scheme, he can be a great fit. I think he's really going to help the Cavs because they're a stretch team. And this is a team that hasn't had a true center in God knows how long, since maybe the Zetrunas Ogaskas days. And this frees up K-Love to kind of play his natural position, which is a stretch, stretch four. You don't have to play Tristan Thompson at the center. And you get to put your young point guard and shooting guard and Darius uh, Garland and Colin Sexton, you get to put them with some successful NBA players and just see what they do. Do you just, you're really with the Cavs, you're just kind of waiting to see what these players are about. And I think this is the best option for them, especially since you kind of get to see maybe them at their best potential or close to it. Yeah, you know, and also too, I mean, I, th- I think that this will be kind of a wake-up call a little bit here for Drummond and that he's going to want to, you know, kind of rebrand himself a little bit. But going back... to be happy to be in the, Cleveland, uh, too. 14... Yeah, for sure. So now going back to the uh, four-team trade, um, obviously the Wolves, they acquired assets so they could go out and make another trade, and that is them acquiring D'Angelo Russell from the Warriors. And they send him Andrew Wiggins and a first-round pick that's top three protected in 2020 and 2021. It becomes unprotected so um to be honest with you i think this i think the wolves whole team just got absolutely messed up back in the day when they made that jimmy butler trade they gave up a lot of assets and everything and i still don't know if they've recovered from that i mean yeah they got back some picks from the 76ers when they made that trade but those 76ers first round picks really aren't that valuable you know those picks will fall outside of the lottery for years to come so i think that minnesota is in a bad spot here i'm the 
actually trying to get Culver in there. Coke, you know, some guys who they've used first round picks on, they're hoping to develop into something. But be honest with you, the Minnesota Timberwolves might be the biggest dumpster fire in the entire NBA. I don't know if this team will ever be anything. Yeah, it's not good. I know that uh, Charles Barkley recently compared the 76ers to the Cleveland Browns. I think the more adequate Cleveland Brown comparison is the Minnesota Timberwolves. This is a team that has not been good since Kevin Garnett, truly. I mean, in all reality, hasn't even come close to contending since Kevin Garnett. And even Kevin Garnett, in his heyday of winning, you know, Defensive Player of the MVP, Year, MVPs, yeah. he couldn't do it. I mean, he just simply could not do it, so he left. And this is where things are going to get very weird for Minnesota, especially if this D'Angelo Russell trade does not pay off. And I don't think it's really going to pay off. I think that D'Angelo Russell is a great player. Don't get me wrong. And I think that he's going to mesh really well with playing with Cat because they're good friends. And that might be an awesome thing, but I just don't see them having a complete team. I just don't see it. And I don't think that this is a team that has not won a game with Carl Anthony Towns in their lineup since November. They have not won a game since November with him in the lineup. He missed some time, then they've lost 13 straight, and he had lost some beforehand when he was not when he was not hurt. It's just simply not working out. And as much as I like to watch Carl Anthony plays when he's playing well, he's a little bit of a crybaby, so I think he needs to grow up a little bit and put it on his shoulders to make the Minnesota Timberwolves better instead of, you know, shouldering the blame to other people like they did with your Jimmy Butler. I mean, it's just simple. If you haven't noticed, when Jimmy Butler gets criticized for being a bad teammate or a bad fit or bad for a team's culture, he leaves and those teams self-implode. You're watching it right now with the 76ers. You're watching it with the Minnesota Timberwolves. We've been watching it for the Minnesota Timberwolves. So maybe Jimmy Butler is a great character evaluation. That's what I've gotten out of this. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should get maybe uh, companies to hire Jimmy Butler to do their interview process for him. You know, that way they can always get the uh, best people in there. But honestly, the Timberwolves problems really go back to when they drafted Rubio and Johnny Flynn over Steph Curry. You know, Johnny Flynn, I wouldn't say he panned out. Rubio probably didn't pan out too well either. But the Timberwolves are in a bad place, and they have been in one. On the flip side of things, I think this is a good move for Andrew Wiggins. I think he gets. It's good for him. I think he needed a change of you know scenery because they had such high expectations for him coming in there into Minnesota, and he never really played up to him. But on top of all that, I mean, if anybody's going to use you to the best of your ability, it's the Warriors. You know, yeah. and he's gonna he's gonna be playing in the playoffs. He's gonna be getting minutes. He's gonna be riot, relying on his defense. I think Steve Kerr and the Warriors they can get the best version of Andrew Wiggins possible. And I mean, also think about how crazy this is. The Warriors could end up patching together. Andrew Wiggins this year's first and next year's first and getting someone even better, you know? So yeah, there's a lot. I know. Of and I, I do think for the Warriors. So with, with the Warriors move, as far as Andrew Wiggins goes, I think that this is the part of this trade. That's not being talked about enough. I think that Andrew Wiggins on the Warriors is going to become a little bit, if he stays with the Warriors and we get a healthy Warriors team next year, I think you're going to see him become a little bit less ball dominant. Look, the Warriors' offense is so much more developed than the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's 
absolutely insane. So I think what we're going to start seeing is him be more of a 3 and D player that actually doesn't have the expectations of the world looming over his shoulders at all points. Uh, Minnesota fans were a little bit hard, harsh on him, especially since he never really panned out like they were supposed to. But this is a guy that is averaging 22 points and five rebounds this season and is probably having the best season that he's had. So it was a, in my personal opinion, it was a great trade by the Warriors just because D'Lo was not a fit for them. Uh, you had Steve Kerr come out today and say that the fit was questionable, especially with a team that has Steph and Clay, and you bring in possibly one of the more ball-dominant guards in the league. So I think that this was a win by the – not by the Minnesota Timberwolves, but it was a win by the Warriors. So we'll see. Yeah, no, I agree with you there completely. Um, let's keep things moving. Move to another three-team deal here, which was uh, Marcus Morris was sent to the Clippers. Mo Harkless was sent to the Knicks. Um, also involved in that trade was the Wizards, who were able to uh, receive Jerome Robinson. And first thing I want to say is I actually don't like this trade for the Clippers. Look, I think Marcus Morris is a good player. I think he's kind of a ball stopper, though. And on top of that, I also think that they're off with the Harkless. Harkless is one of the most underrated defensive wings in the league. I was going to say the same thing. As well. And I mean, when you have. Say that again. I was going to say the same exact thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. And I mean, when you have Harkless, Leonard, and PG on the court together, those three guys, they can switch ball screens, like basically, and you have the same player. I mean, those are probably three of the best. I mean, put Covington in there, those are probably the four best defensive like perimeter guys in the entire NBA by their length and everything, you know? So I, I really am not a huge fan of the move for the Clippers, but I don't really think at the same time it makes the Clippers that much worse. I think the Clippers are already a great team as is. Um, I actually think that the wizards got a great move in this trade as well. I thought Jerome Robinson, he led the ACC in scoring two years ago when the ACC was absolutely stacked and he just really couldn't find any playing time in L.A. You know, there was no playing time for him, and he needs to log minutes and continue to learn and grow as an NBA player because I think his game translates really well over the league, and I liked him a lot coming out of Boston College. So I actually think he's going to thrive for Washington, and I think the Wizards honestly got a huge steal out of this entire deal, and I think Robinson will be a decent player for them years to come. Yeah, I mean, the Wizards are not in a place to win now, so any moves that they can – make to potentially make their team better in the future is huge for them but i think that i'm actually gonna not completely disagree with you but i will say that i think that marcus morris adds a little bit more uh just to your like your whole entire team as a whole because you're gonna have him and He's shooting the three ball at 44% this year. I mean, that's that's honestly an insane number if you really think about it. So I think that while you lose a little bit, bit of defense off your bench with Mo Harkless, you really didn't give up all that much to get a guy that's averaging career highs all across the board. He's almost up at 20 points. I think that he can really help with this team in terms of just being an extra hand on offense. So... Well, I'm not like crazy about the trade. I do think that it's a pretty strong fit. Uh, I hear they're going to waive Isaiah Thomas anyway, so it won't matter too much. So I'm not sure. I think this this 
trade has a chance to really pan out for the Clippers, and if it doesn't, it's not like they lost an incredible amount. Especially as a win-now yeah, team. Yeah, no, I agree with you there completely. If a trade doesn't work out, then at the end of the day, you know, it's not like they just screwed their entire team up or anything. They're losing Mo Harkless. Um, next trade we got on the board here is Andre Iguodala is traded from the Grizzlies to the Heat. And you want to? I know, I know you were loving this on Twitter, Brett. You want to talk a little bit about the uh, back and forth between all the uh, players over this one? Yeah. So <laughs> I do think it's funny how the Memphis Grizzly young dudes were so mad that he, you know, wasn't wanting to play with them. It's not that he wasn't wanting to play with them. It's, I think, more so that he was trying to preserve his body for this exact moment. Uh, let's be honest. Nobody ever expected Andre Iguodala to suit up and play any meaningful minutes for the Memphis Grizzlies. And it's kind of shocking to me that the players even thought that. And I get that they probably felt a little bit disrespected by it. And makes total sense. But this is a guy that's seen as much, you know, for an older guy, this is he's seen so much playoff experience. His body was beat to hell by the end of that Warriors run. I think this this whole entire period of him resting was completely necessary. And I'm glad that he finally got out of that situa- situation with Memphis. And Memphis actually cashed in pretty well on this one. I mean, they get that young core even younger with Justice Winslow. For a guy that never touched the court to give up, Andre Iguodala for a guy that never... I mean, Andre Iguodala never touched the court for him, so they essentially never even had him. And they cashed him in for Justice Winslow, Deion Waiters, and James Johnson, which, I mean, Deion Waiters' relationship with the Heat was toxic, but he is a pretty good player. I think that he can provide some, you know, some offensive output for them. And you also have Justice Winslow, who even makes your young core that much younger, that much more explosive. They have a good future out of them as far as, you know, I mean, the Memphis Grizzlies, they have a lot of players that I think will mesh well together. And for the Heat, I don't, I'm not crazy about the trade. I probably my favorite part about the trade is Jay Crowder uh, because he's a little bit younger He's shooting the three ball well, and he's always been a good defender. I don't know how much Andre Iguodala is going to help the Heat, especially with that two-year contract. That was my least favorite part about it. I don't, Not to say I don't like Andre Iguodala, but the two-year $30 million extension with Miami, I don't know how I feel about that. This is a guy that is getting up there in age. He has a lot of mileage on his legs. Yes, he's... You know, a two team or two time all defensive team selection. I mean, great defender, great veteran presence in the locker room. I just don't know if I would have extended him for two years like that. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I don't know if I would have extended him for two years like that either. And plus, it's a lot of money on there. But on top of those reasons as well, I actually hated this trade for Memphis. I thought they could have got a lot more in return for you, Adala. Justice Winslow to me. Hasn't really panned out, and I don't really know if he's going he's to. Only Look, he might be a good defender. He might be a rebounder, but he has no offensive game whatsoever and hasn't really found it at all in the league. I mean, he's playing point guard at certain points in time for the Heat. So I don't know. I'm not a huge fan in this trade for the for um, Memphis, but I think for Miami it was a great trade for them. 
And I think it makes this team better, deeper, and adds someone with championship experience on their team. I mean, no one has more experience than Iguodala. Iguodala also hit a huge shot in last year's playoffs that won a game for them against the Raptors, you know. So I think that this is a massive pickup for Miami. It's only going to make them better. I think it makes them a serious contender in the East. Now, I mean, the East is still all about who, what team plays who because I don't think they have the big men to stop Giannis. But Miami's definitely a contender, and they can beat a lot of these other teams. But – Let's uh let's just briefly touch on this last one here. I did want to say the one more thing. 76ers get Alex. Uh, what do you want to say? I do feel like the Heat were kind of almost rushed into doing something that I'm not sure if they completely wanted to do. I think they really wanted to get rid of Dion Waiters. They probably wanted to shake themselves to Justice Winslow because it was just not working out. But for them, I, and don't get me wrong, I think they wanted Andre Iguodala, but. I just feel like they're they're in this win now mentality, and I don't know how well that's going to pay out for them. So we'll see how this one pans out. I think that I like it more for the Grizzlies because you get some players that one you get some added depth because Andre Iguodala was just not playing for you, and two you just get to make that roster a little bit younger. And I mean that's one of the funnest things to watch with the Memphis Grizzlies for sure. So. We'll see. The next trade, though, that we got to talk about, which, you want, which one do you want to go with? Um, this is the last one we have left. It was just This one's just real quick here. The 76ers added two shooters with Damian Lee and Alec Burks. Like, look, I don't think this is some kind of trade no, that puts the 76ers over Glenn the Robinson. top or anything, but I definitely think it makes them better and helps them space out the floor. They need as much spacing as they can possibly get. Just because when you have Embiid, Simmons, and Horford all on the floor together, it's going to get pretty packed together in there, and there's not going to be a whole lot of space on the floor. And you need to get open shots and space the lane out for those guys to go to work because those are your best players. So I think adding these shooters is going to help out with all that. And I mean, look, I think it makes 76ers better. Um, do I still think? Do I think they're going to win the East? No, but I definitely think it makes them better and gives them a better chance at having a shot at winning it. I agree with you, and Alec Burke has actually played. Alec Burks has actually played a resurgent year for him. I think he's really improved. I think he kind of took a step back and realized that he really wasn't cutting it. Uh, he's upped his averages up to career highs, uh, doubled his scoring average from last season. Granted, he's been playing a lot more in a situation where he has to, and he's shooting thirty-seven percent from the three-point line. So, like you said little bit more of an added shooter added bonus i think they've been missing that and you also get glenn robinson who has really come on coming to his own as of late uh, i think that you know having him i mean it's just a simple i think it's just a simple like way for them to make a change on their roster without doing too much so obviously the warriors are looking to unload but I personally like the pick. Over his last, you know, month or so, you've seen Glenn Robinson average almost 20 points. So I think that that's big. Uh, he's been better at pretty much every aspect of his game, and this is huge. I mean, he's been shooting almost above 40 percent, and I don't know how much it helps the 76ers because they've got a whole bunch of other problems. But this was a good. This was a good trade for them. Yeah, absolutely. But 
Let's uh, finish things up real quick here and talk about, you know, the two big teams that didn't make any moves, and that's the Bucks and the Lakers in. Um, I'll start out here real quick, and I personally think the Lakers were stupid for not trading Kuzma. I mean, last night was as good an example as any. Um, Kyle Kuzma, last night, um, he went – oh, dang it, I deleted the tweet. But Kuzma was horrible last night pretty much. And, look, I think Kuzma's only valuable when Anthony if Anthony Davis is injured and isn't able to go in the playoffs – I don't think that him and LeBron play well together because LeBron's best position is power forward. I mean, Davis, though, has shown that he wants to play power forward as well and that he's not going to be healthy over time. But Kuzma, I thought they could have gotten something of value from him. LeBron's in a win-now phase in everything in his career. He doesn't have time to wait on Kuzma to prepare. Look, you can say the Lakers are going to be left high and dry when LeBron retires, but, I mean, they're still going to have Davis. He's probably going to be in his, in his low 30s. And, I mean, that gives him a good shot at getting other free agents to come play with him. But on top of that, you got to go all in to win a championship, man. I would have gone all in. I would have moved Kuzma personally. Also, the other team, too, the Bucks. Look, until the Bucks get rid of Eric Bledsoe, in my opinion, he's always going to be the piece that holds them back. He was horrible last year in the playoffs. I don't expect him to be much better this year in the playoffs. I've said it a million times. Paying him was foolish. I would have loved to see them somehow ship out Bledsoe and get a shooter. I think the Lakers should have traded Kuzma for Spencer Dinwiddie. That trade would have helped them a ton. Dinwiddie already comes off the bench as is, so he's used to bench scoring and then the Bucks. I mean, they they just needed any kind of other shooter, you know, any other shooter. I mean, shoot, if the Bucks could have traded um, Bledsoe for Robert Covington, that would have been a hell of a trade that could have helped them out. So I think the Bucks just needed to get one more shooter, and they did not do that. So for me personally, I think that the Lakers are going to be okay. Although I would have definitely liked to see them move Kuzma. For the record, he went two for eight last night, and really was not playing well. Uh, two for eight is an understatement of how bad he played last night. And I would have liked to seen them get a little bit more or try to get something out of Kyle Kuzma. Uh, they need to be better defensively. They need somebody that can shoot better. They need, I mean, they need everything. I think Marcus Morris was a would have been a great pickup for them and they just let that slide. There was a couple things that would have been really good for them and they didn't even really... It's like they were afraid to make a move. So I would have liked to see the Lakers make a move. As for the Bucks, I think that the Bucks have well, I agree with you on the Eric Bledsoe thing. I think that the Bucks actually have a good situation. Uh I think that they have some players that they can give more minutes to and they can, you know, kind of develop a little bit more and it actually pans out really well for them. You've got Dante uh DiVincino who has been playing really well as a rookie and He's actually been shooting the ball extremely well. So I think that, you know, given some added minutes towards those type of players to so the Bucks is going to help them a lot, uh, especially down the stretch. And then keep in mind, you will get a little bit more of Kyle Korver in the playoffs just because there's no point in playing Kyle Korver right now that often. Uh, he's a big-time shooter, and... I think the Bucks and, Lakers, Bucks and Lakers could have made moves, but if, if the right move wasn't available for them, I definitely understand why they didn't. I mean, it's who's to say that the Lakers didn't do their due diligence on Kyle Kuzma and just literally could not get anything of worth because he has been playing so bad. So I don't know. Maybe the offers just were not there. So I'm not too worried about the Bucks or the Lakers right now. I still think that they have the best shots of, getting to the finals in their respective conferences. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that I think that the East is all about matchups, and then I got the Rockets or the Lakers coming out of the West. So, um, you would have the Rockets her too. So we we'll see what happens, but. Hey, man, I still believe in the small ball, man. It looked good last night, so I'm going to believe in it. Um, but that's all I got for this podcast. You got anything else you want to add, Brett, before we get out of here? No, it was really an impromptu podcast. We were talking about something else, which I, you know, reach out to you about. And I think that that's going to be some some big news coming. I think that we've got, you know, an important year ahead of us, Thomas, so. Hopefully we can get down to it. Oh, yeah. And it was nice to get back on, uh, kind of talk a little bit about the NBA. Um, so, yeah, next time, you need, next time you need somebody to talk, let me know. I'm here. Oh, yeah, absolutely, bro. And it was good to get back to our roots. This is what me and Brett got started on, basically. We was talking basketball in the NFL playoffs, so it's good to get back to our roots. But we appreciate everyone tuning in, and we'll talk to you all soon. Peace.